Welcome to the Fly Racing Racerex Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. Hey, so I've been on this thing for a while. Well, first off, I love other sports, and as you'll hear me talk to Tom White and Brock Lover in this podcast, I love other sports and Hall of Fames and everything else. Let me turn my phone off. And uh, it's always interesting me on who gets into Hall of Fames and the debates and the lists and things like that. And um, there's an AMA Hall of Fame, and the dogger, Ron Lachine, is not in it. And this gets me very angry. There are guys in the Hall of Fame that doggers accomplishments crush so i need to find out how to get dogger in the hall of fame so i went on the website filled it out ama hall of fame site and filled out all the applications and everything else i needed and um yeah so that I, I submitted an application for ron lachine and i mean i was just just sort of trying to figure out how this didn't happen earlier i mean we just all assume ronnie would be in there i mean the stats uh speak it out and you'll hear the stats later on in this podcast on ronnie's career they're phenomenal I was wondering maybe some of Ronnie's off-track stuff uh, hurt him. I don't know. You know, there was a couple of years where he went through a rough patch in his in his life. And and so I remembered – I don't know how I remembered. But anyways, Tom White. I'm, I figured Tom White had something to do with this. So I just sent an email to Tom White that said, hey, I don't know if you have anything to do with this, but Ronald Sheen needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Here is what I sent the AMA Hall of Fame guy, uh, Jeff Massey. It was his name, I believe, uh, uh, on the on the site. Or Jim Massey. Uh, I don't know. And so I sent him everything, and t- I sent Tom White the email. And next thing I know, my phone rings. It says, Golden Boy, Brock Glover. Picked the phone up. Glover's like, hey, uh, Mathis, what's going on? And he works for Dunlop now, of course. He's uh, one of the greats in the sport. Turns out Brock and Tom White are on this AMA motocross selection committee, and you'll hear more about it in this podcast. And Brock's like, yep, you know, Ronnie's on the list, and we've talked about him. And and, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know anything about this. I didn't know anything about a selection committee. I knew nothing besides the AMA Hall of Fame website. And I got I got a right or wrong. I got to get Dogger in there. So um, so then one thing led to another, and, and, and Brock's like, maybe we should do an interview. And I said, well, let's get Tom on there. And, and then we, we – Talk it out. We talk about the selection, who gets picked, how it works, and then I kind of throw in dogger references uh, whenever I can in this podcast, and probably Tom and Brock were shaking their heads at me for doing this, but um, like I said, we got to get dogger in the Hall of Fame. He's an all-timer. He's great. Phenomenal rider. On his day, no one could beat him. He's got a national title. He's got those nation's wins. So this is a little different and interesting podcast on the Hall of Fame and the ups and downs and things that have happened over the years. And and shocking, it's very political, uh, who gets in and who gets out and all that, and in the different disciplines and everything else. So Fly Racing, Racer X podcast on the AMA Hall of Fame and getting Ron Machine in, coming right up. Don't forget, subscribe to Racer X, and uh, you get a chance that the upcoming Glendale Supercross, if you subscribe, you get put in a draw, and then if you get your name drawn, Wygan and I will spend some time with you at Glendale, introduce you to some teams, take you around the pits, and uh, and probably get kicked out of some pits. Um, if you want to meet Marty Davalos, I'm probably not your guy for that, but uh, I can help you um, uh, get, meet some other dudes. So yeah, um, anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks to Tom White and Brock Lover for doing this, and uh, remember... Get Dogger in the hall. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, of course. Thanks for listening, everybody. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on iTunes. Uh, Fly Racing, the F2 carbon helmet with MIPS. Straight out of the box, guys like Millseps, Pike, and Baggett, Canard, they use this helmet. The F2 carbon is an out-of-the-box, onto-the-racetrack-ready helmet with MIPS, 10 different graphic styles, 22 colorways, flyracing.com. They make much more than moto. they got snowmobile gear, hard parts, mountain bike stuff. Please check them out, flyracing.com, and, of course, Racer X Podcast. And uh, as I said, I'm Steve Mathis. So interesting lately that uh, whether it's uh, on Pulpamex show, I did a podcast, or even on Racerhead and Racer X, I've been advocating the dogger, Ron Lee Sheen, the 1985 125 national champion for the AMA Hall of Fame. I somehow thought, started thinking about the AMA Hall of Fame because – you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame comes up, and I'm into sports, whether it's hockey, baseball, football. It's always interesting debates, always lots to talk about, and I love debating different players' stats and whether they belong in a Hall of Fame. And lo and behold, there's an AMA Hall of Fame for great racers and industry people from all sorts of disciplines, dirt, dirt, dirt track, road racing, motocross, down the line. And to my astonishment, Ronnie Lachine is not in it. I'm very angry. I've been taken to the airwaves, taken to the, to the Internet to try to get Dogger in. And uh, with me on the line to explain a little bit more of the Hall of Fame uh, balloting and the committees and how it all works. I didn't know these people were involved, but turns out they are, and it's great. And so we're going to discuss Ronnie, discuss the IMA Hall of Fame, and everything else. Uh, uh, first up, he is a multi-time national champion, factory Yamaha rider forever, uh, won GPs. Uh, now he works for Dunlop Tires, and he is on the AMA Motor- Motorcycle Hall of Fame Motocross Selection Committee, the Golden Boy. Brock Glover, what's up, Brock? <laughs> oh, not much. There's Steve just watching it rain over, rain in California. It's been raining for weeks now, and uh, we're hoping to be able to get this this weekend's race in San Diego. Hoping it gets uh, gets in all dry, but uh, everything else is uh, going great. Um, for you, a guy from El Cajon, basically San Diego. Um, it's not in Qualcomm anymore. Obviously, it's in Petco. Does the San Diego Supercross for you, Glover, still kind of hold a special place in your heart? Oh, absolutely it does. I mean, I remember I was fortunate enough to win it twice, I think, and then the, the third time it was it was uh, kind of a little bit disappointing, but it was in 85 when we had that two-moto mm-hmm. format. I ended up winning the first moto and uh, felt like I had a great chance to win the second one, and I did something stupid in the whoops and fell off and slipped back and, and uh, ended up working my way back to third, but a, a 1-3 back then did not beat a 2-2 two, two like it does today, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up going 1-3 and got second overall, so that would have been my third win, but uh, it didn't happen, but it's still, of course, you know, hometown, it's, yeah. you know, myself, you know, Ron Lachine, uh, Rick Johnson, uh, we all won that state, that race, we all wanted to win that race in our hometown, and we mm-hmm. all were able to win it, so yeah, absolutely, a hometown race is the best. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, and the other guy on the line here, another member of the selection committee. I did a real interesting podcast with this gentleman a while back. Go and search the archives uh, and listen to it. He uh, does a lot of work with the folks at Glen Helen. Uh, started and founded White Brothers before selling that. He's got his Tom White uh, Moto Museum. That's phenomenal. Everybody's got to go down there and check that out if they can. Uh, they just did an event last week. Tom White, welcome to the show. Well, thanks a lot, Steve. It's a pleasure to be uh, joining you here and uh, and try and uh, kind of go over and talk a little bit about uh, how uh, the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame, uh, the process works, and, uh, and, and maybe sometimes doesn't work like we'd like it to work, but uh, <laughs> we'll try and share it all with you, buddy. Well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I've been on this Ron Lachine kick lately, and, and I, again, I just love this Hall of Fame stuff, any sport at all, and especially motocross near and dear to my heart. Um, uh, you know, I I wrote some things about him a little while ago, and it's phenomenal the career that 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 Ronnie had. Of course, San Diego, we all know where he's from. He raced against the very best, like Brock and and RJ and, and Ward, and he won 26 races over all of the different uh, variables: 125, 250, 500 motocross, 250 supercross. Of course, there was no 125 supercross when uh, when Ronnie came up. He won the national title. He won Dis Nations twice for Team USA. He podiumed in 51 percent of these races. Brock Glover as an AMA selection, AMA Hall of Fame motocross selection. Why is Ronnie not in the Hall of Fame? Well, it's kind of a process. I mean, I think some, you know, I think when you first set out on this little journey to figure this out, I'm not sure you you fully understand, you know, how it happened. It's just certainly not 
you know, maybe in the very beginning when this whole concept of a Hall of Fame was mm-hmm. uh, put into motion, guys like Don Emdy and some other people, just like yourself, fans of other Hall of Fames, fans of other sports, mm-hmm. but, you know, mostly fans of motorcycling. And they thought, you know, it'd be, why don't we have a Hall of Fame? Why don't we have something tied in either with AMA or, or, or something like that? And, um, you know, the, the process started. The first few years, no question about it, it kind of was a group of people that were on a board uh, and and they were involved in in populating the Hall of Fame, and you know they sat down into the different categories, divided it up into motocross, off road, road racing, you know hill climb and specialty events, uh, industry people, and then maybe some you know advocates for the of the sport, you know things where you see the Jay Leno's or the mm-hmm. people who maybe have helped keep uh, land closures from happening that are, you know, more political stuff. Maybe work, you know, they might work on Capitol Hill on behalf of motorcyclists. So they kind of divided it up because it wasn't fair for everybody to compete for the same areas. And uh, that's how it originally started. Well, then they became committees and then there became some boards and some different things as it progressed in in the natural uh, uh, process here in which Tom White with his early years of motocross museum and, and they knew Tom was a good person to bring on the board so he was brought in and and uh, it just you know they started making regulations and procedure manuals mm-hmm. of how everything needed to take place um, you know where are we now today I mean it's it's we're at a much better place we're very it's a much tighter operation it's a much more regulated process uh, you know for instance you know, how it happens now, anybody in the general public can go to the AMA Hall of Fame, the Motorcycling Hall of Fame's website. You can download an application. That's and what I did. Submit. That's what I right. did. And right. And you did. Yeah. And how about yourself? Um, <laughs> there are, you know, we, then once you do that, the cutoff is on December 31st of each year. And then those applications are then forwarded to the committee of each particular discipline that that applicant would fall under. Mm -hmm. And in Ron Lachine's case, of course, it comes to motocross. Ron, it isn't the first time Ron, an application had been submitted for Ron Lachine, trust me. Okay. as things go down and, and, and as we work our way through the process, at the, at the end of December 31st, the next process is for the actual committees to get together and meet. They don't all have an exact date, but the person who's the chairman of the committee, and prior to myself, uh, was Tom White. And actually, Tom White did it for many years, and he did a great job, and then uh, talked to me about, hey, listen, I want to maybe back down a little bit. I'd still like to be involved, but mm-hmm. I don't want to be the committee chair. And asked me if I would be interested. You know, for me, my love and passion for the sports there, you know, and I like to give back a little bit to the sport that gave me everything I'd had. So I said, absolutely, I would love to do it. Of course, I wanted Tom on the Mm -hmm. committee with me and to just so people can get a grasp on it. I mean, the other five members of the uh, total five members and the others, we have myself, Tom White, as we mentioned, but we have Davey Coombs, who everybody pretty much knows in our industry. And uh, we also have Rick Dowdy, who spent a, a tremendous amount of time uh, with the vintage motorcycle crowd and knows a lot of the history of the sport also. And then Rob Bidos, who lives, eats, breathes every form of motorcycling besides uh, just motocross too. So I thought it was a well-rounded group that was able to cover the sport of motocross in the United States very, very well and uh, been very happy. And then we also have the you know pleasure of having Eddie Cole, the founder of Answer Products and Matrix and then in 661. I mean, this guy's done it a lot in our mm-hmm. sport. Plus, he was a great racer back in the 70s. Uh, Eddie Cole is what is considered an advisory position to our board and sits in on our meetings but he has no voting he isn't a voting member of the original five and so we are one of many committees and uh that do all the different disciplines and so that is how the process works once we get to our decision of looking at all the applicants and then looking who we might have on the ballot from the previous uh, elections uh, which each person can stay on there five years, okay. and then once they fall off after five years, they get resubmitted. Um, then th- that is, you know, how the process works. Once we put forth our selection, to then there's a group uh, called the ERC, which is the Executive Review Committee, that gives the blessings to the group's choice choices, choices okay. unless they see something is not right yeah. or there's some sort of a 
you know, a mishap that could have happened in the process, they can come back to us and say, we're suggesting that you maybe look at this or did you forget somebody here? It's just kind of a really a fail safe. Uh, right. Process. Like if you brought, if you tried to push through your wife or something, they'd be like, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the good old boys club. Yeah, the good old boys club that, you know, in the early right. years could have been possibly the case. You know, I want to get my friends and family in or whatever. That's yeah, all yeah. gone to the right. wayside. So, but let me give you a real quick, yeah, a, a, an example of where that ERC really helped us out. Okay. There was, there was this whole process. It's always, you know, evolving and mm-hmm. we're, we weren't a hundred percent sure. And it really wasn't clear in our bylaws. And that's where the ERC helped us adopt, you know, even fine tune the regulations in the manual on how the process works. Ricky Carmichael, the greatest of all times, the debate was, do we allow him to, or when does he become eligible? Because you have to be five years retired before you're eligible. Okay. So five years retired, is that when Ricky Carmichael last crossed the finish line at an AMA or FIM pro race? Or is that when, you know, is it a calendar year? So in other words, if he quit in, you know, September or, you know, of, or August of 2010, mm-hmm. does he have to wait till August of 2015? Or does he actually have to wait until the next calendar year, which would be 2016? We were originally thought and we're under the impression that, yes, that was the case. So mm-hmm. he raced it all during the 2010 yeah. era or whatever. I mean, I'm just using hypothetical uh, years then he would have to wait until five full years of not racing. So he wouldn't be eligible until 16. Well, we were, they made, they, they went back, checked everything. They changed the, uh, or didn't change. They actually clarified the rules. And then we found out that Ricky technically was going to be eligible the following year after the end of the year deadline for the public. And even believe it or not, after we had to have our meeting in February. So at that point, when we found this out, we said it's kind of impossible to not make Ricky Carmichael a first-time ballot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like he has to put he has to be put on the ballot the very first year that he's eligible. And now you're telling us he's technically eligible next year. So please, ERC, yeah, you know, have you know, please look at this situation here, and we are. Plenty okay with Ricky Carmichael to be put on the ballot, and if you guys will authorize it, we'll make sure Ricky gets put on. So that's how, in, you know, how yeah. this process works both ways and good and for bad. And so after the ERC verifies your candidate, I'll go, I'll, let's talk. Get to, bring Tom in. So Tom, after the ERC verifies, yep, you, you know, this is your candidate, and and also you can elect multiple candidates, right? In your in your discipline, is that? Well, usually what uh, what the committees can do is they can put forward nobody, or they can put uh, I think even um, even three or four. Okay, all right. Um, so what what I think what's important for each committee, especially you know if they really care about their discipline, like which they all do, is they want to put uh, you know the candidates that they think have the best shot of being voted on by all the you know uh, and, and actually get into the Hall of Fame. So I think. Um, you know this. Uh, <clears throat> it, it can it can work really well for us in the motocross. It hasn't worked too well the last couple of years, in my opinion. I mean, we uh, if you look at uh, definitely uh, Supercross and certainly motocross, they're the same you know basic category. We've been shut out the last two years. So uh, the, the yeah, people that we Keith, put forward, Keith McCarty was in, but it was in the more of the builders category, right? It was well, yeah, you know, and a good point there. I, I guess I'm talking about the guy that actually lined up. on Yes, the yes, exactly, right. For you people, know, who, we, yeah. I think this year's Hall of Fame, the 2016 class, included uh, you know some uh, mechanics and, and all that uh, got in under the racing category, and, and uh, which you know they that's 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 probably a proper category. But uh, I know for us in motocross and supercross, I think we're looking to looking right. to see. Uh, we've got we've got a list. We've got several uh, very very worthy candidates that that have, uh, have have to me all the credentials to be into the AMA Hall of Fame. Um, so after do you does everybody? So there, you said, uh, DC, Bidas, Brock, Tom, uh, Rick Dowdy. Do you guys all get together, the five of you, and maybe Eddie Cole, the, the you know in that in his position? Do, as it, and do you guys get together with the five people from Dirt, dirt Track and the five people from Road Race at any point to discuss all this, or is it all done uh, via computer vote? Uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll clarify. The one thing I wanted to clarify is that when Tom was mentioning like a Keith McCarty, for instance, yes, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame, but he went under the industry, actually. Okay. He did not go under motocross. Keith has had so much success, as we all know him, as a motocross but, uh, but he also has had equal, if not more success, believe it or not, as a Yamaha racing manager, um, the overseeing director of all racing for Yamaha. He's had a lot of success in road racing everywhere. So that's when us, as a committee of motocross people, suggested he go under industry to okay. honor him for all that he's done in the motorcycling industry, not just motocross. So that's Tom. And then uh, so yeah, how that, that works. And, yeah. yeah. So the next question that you answer asked was. So as committee chairs, yes, I do represent myself. Mm -hmm. I represent motocross and supercross, and we do a few times a year get just the committee chairs okay, just the chairs. All right. and discuss. And this is when most of the time after all the meetings I've had uh, with the committee, the motocross and supercross committee, which includes obviously Tom, then we sit down and say, listen, is there somebody that we should consider moving to a different category and then if that's the case which believe it or not a newer category was uh, started not too long ago and that category is called well qualified it's somebody that's in this industry that really honestly is a well qualified person that maybe has just done a lot in the industry in a lot of different areas mm -hmm. but he's been a big attribute to the sport of motorcycling. And one person that right now in the recent years that we moved to the well-qualified was uh, Bobby Moore. Because Bobby Moore, although he's won his world championship in motocross, and mm -hmm. for sure he would be a welcomed in our group, he also has done tremendous amount by starting the road to recovery and other things that are benefiting injured riders and things. So we want to make sure that he gets his full credit for what he's done in the sport of motorcycling, which is similar right. back when the Fox brothers went in for Fox and the John and Rita Gregory went sure, in yeah. for clothing. You know, right, so with right. that being said, they weren't going to get in, you know, be voted in over a Ricky Carmichael or a Mike LaRocco or a whoever. Right, right. But, but we needed to have, sure. they went into the motorcycle industry. Um, so, Well, I'm confused, though, Tom. I'll, I'll ask you this. Like, sure. I'm, I'm obviously super biased. I love supercross and motocross. But there is no doubt, uh, maybe road racing was on par in the late 70s, early 80s in America, uh, if you, you know, judge by Cycle News and magazine coverage. But um, motocross and supercross, to me, is, a, is the biggest form of off uh, motorcycle racing in America. It's the American it Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Why isn't there a motocrosser, supercrosser every single year? Well, I mean, it's. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so no disagreement there. I think what it, when you look at, at the voters, the eligible voters, and, and Brock come in any time if, if if I don't quite get this right. I, I was the chair for a number of years, and then you know some of the processes have changed a little bit. So I'm not as I don't get to go to those meetings where we actually sit down with the other chairman of the other committees anymore, which I used to do you know every year for I think I did that for like seven or eight years. Well, hold on, anyway, is, is one of you guys getting bullied at these chair meetings? Do I need to show up? Are you guys getting yeah, bullied by the so. other people? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, go ahead, Tom. No, we love you, Steve, but uh, yeah, you're not on our committee, so you're not going to show up at that. But, well, don't but get bullied rate, by these guys. Yeah, don't let them bully you. Show yeah, up. that's exactly right. <laughs> but, 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 but at any rate, you know, back to your question here, yeah. it's, uh, uh, you know, the, when, when you look at the people that vote, you, the, they're the existing Hall of Famers. So, so, uh, and I think out of the maybe 330 or so mm -hmm. uh, that are in the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame, I want to think there's maybe 260 or so that are actually alive. Okay. Uh, so they get sent a ballot. But they've got to be willing to fill out that ballot and, uh. and, and submit the ballot. And not everybody is. Oh, so it's not? Okay, so... Again, sorry for the confusion. I thought it was a little bit of the, all the chair committee guys deciding who goes in. It is everybody in the in the Hall of Fame. No, oh, absolutely. No, I'll, oh, okay, I'll, I'll clear. Yeah, so it is the committees that get together. Yes, and they put forth their nominees. Yep, and you can put forth, as Tom said, you can put forth five people. Yep, you can put. None. One you could put none. Forward. You could put none. You said, you could, yeah, or you could yeah. put none. We've never done none. I don't know of a single group that's ever done none. Yeah, I everyone so. always feels like right. they got five. They, they they all feel like they have five people that should be on there. Sure. And particularly the people that come from the older uh, hill climb and what they call specialties. And those are you know people that were 
you know, hill climb back in the 1940s was unbelievably big and popular and prestigious. There was no supercross. There was no motocross. Yeah. Do we have an advantage with motocross because it's so big in our country and the Internet in the modern era? Absolutely. Is there a is there a quote popularity contest, unquote, that can happen? Of course there is. But we try to as committee chairs to be true and honest and, of course, and right. with who who should. I I can truly say that I do think from the motocross and in, in motocross and supercross side, I think that we have uh, most of the people that should be in the Hall of Fame in there. Ex- with a perfect example is, you know, some of our people like a Steve Lampson, a Ron Lachine, and possibly even like a Greg Albertine. So, you know, you look at guys like this from this level, and even and even Bob Moore, who now, like we mentioned earlier, right. has moved to a different category. But, you know, you, you, up until a year ago, uh, the last year was the first ballot, I believe, of lifetime AMA members being allowed to vote. So if you're a lifetime AMA member, you're also now allowed to vote because we really truly only had a few hundred people eligible to vote. And with like any voting process, unless it's some, yeah. some you know, communist North right, Korea, right. But not 100 percent of the not 120 percent of the people actually vote. Right. So in our situation, it was very disappointing at times to find out that of 200 and some people, yeah. only maybe 100 and 125, 150 voted. So if you really looked at it and go, oh, my gosh, really, 20, if you had 25 or 30 people vote for you, possibly uh-huh. could get in in the Hall of Fame. So they did open it up to lifetime members and existing Hall of Fame members. Okay. And the, there's a few AMA board members that are also there's maybe sure. another 10 people that do get to vote. But um, it's not really that many, but it gets bigger every year because more people get inducted in the Hall of Fame and more than, you know, than and unfortunately would pass away. So the process is there. It's not, and I don't think it's a highly flawed process. It's just important that people take their privilege as a Hall of Fame member to actually vote. Do we, uh, and, uh, do we yeah. know, okay, so 260 in the Hall of Fame uh, mm-hmm. around living and the board members. Do we know how many AMA lifetime members there are? Do we have any idea? You, you know what? I have, I do not know, and maybe okay. Tom, because he's always been heavily involved with him, and can answer that. Tom, and idea? I think I think more important than that is, uh, given that uh, that privilege that they would have, I wonder how many actually voted. I think I think that's something that we we probably should look into and and uh, and let you know. I because I uh, unless Brock, you've got a clue. I, I would be very curious to know how many actually voted. Yeah. Uh, well, well, there's people like myself. I am a lifetime Hall of AMA it, member, so, so I have yeah, the ability, yeah. and I don't, and so are you. But we don't get to vote twice. Yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> So, so as the process goes forward, so what you were talking about, so that's who gets to vote on the thing, and then once you do, is now it's all electronic, yeah. And you get you get a link. You get to use it one time, and if you try to even go back and change your vote, once you they ask you, is this your for sure final super duper? Yeah. Absolutely final vote and you push yes and you send that thing it's it's a done deal so, okay so uh, you know you can't go back and re-vote you can't go wait i want to change, right, right. I change my idea you know you can't so um, so that's how it goes and then then they add up the votes and go ahead steve you're gonna ask. well i was gonna say so what's the okay so everybody votes and and it's not just the chairman's committee it's not some sort of old boys club it's it's done as fairly mm-hmm. i think as we could go what's the threshold for making it in how many make it in and like I said, there's been no motocross guys. Uh, you know, Keith was another category. Bob Moore's another category years ago. There's been no motocross guys. So all the votes are collected. Who makes it in? Well, let me just address it okay. from you know my side, then I'll turn it back over to Brock. But basically, when the ballot comes out, you're asked to vote for three from racing and three from non-racing. Okay. That's who you put. So you you look through, and and obviously you've got you know your categories in there, whether it be dirt track, uh, racing, uh, road racing, uh, motocross and supercross racing, uh, off road racing, mm-hmm. and uh, and then on a specialty competition, you'll pick uh, out out of you know, the committees have submitted their people, and so you know that you know uh, you're probably picking from maybe a dozen. And you're going to go there on your ballot, and you'll pick out the three that you believe uh, most strongly from racing should go in. Then you'll look at the people from the uh, you know, ambassadors in the industry, and that's how I was actually inducted to the Hall of Fame through that category. Mm-hmm. And ambassadors in industry, and then gover- government rights, and uh, you know, I can pull it all up here in my 
just Brock was elected in the fastest guy to wear all pink gear category. Yeah, yeah. It was See, and we have design and engineering, uh, leadership and rights. Um, and, yeah. Uh, like I said, ambassadors in industry, and, sure. and so they'll uh, we'll pick three from that category, and that's 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 what goes on to the ballot actually. And, and well, uh, that's amazing that's, to me that motocross and supercross can't get somebody on when you have that much leeway. You know, well, you have to yeah. be the top percentage vote yeah. getters in right. your yeah. particular category, and and you know we you know we run into some tough competition. You know, there's no question about it. You know, you get in there and you realize, and so. There's also a little bit of a game gamesmanship that we as committee people, you know, our, our job, I mean, I will say point blank, my job as a committee chair mm-hmm. is to get a motocrosser in that Hall of Fame. And it was, it got so easy. I mean, there were years we got two people in. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, we had two of the three. And so we, we started, you know, we were like, I'm not saying they're hating on us, <laughs> but they were going, you motocross guys, it's not fair because everybody knows a Ricky Carmichael, which obviously he's a deserved to be a first yeah, ballot guy. Yeah. No, nobody's nobody's arguing right but you know i mean then they're saying well you guys got ricky carmichael or michael rocco in the same year or whatever it may be and it's like yeah but yeah but they're deserving people but that's who got the most vote well the last two years we've put forth and we're like okay listen if we put forth three people for sure they cannibalize each other yeah yeah. and each guy you know so let's not do that and we've really hemmed and hawed about honestly putting two on the two on the ballot so i think I think you will not. You'll be, I'd be surprised if you see our committee vote to put even two fourths this next. It time. might just be one and guy or somebody. It might yeah. just be one guy because we, you know, last year we did. You know, we couldn't decide so much between Steve Lampson, who's won twenty something nationals, and and uh, you know, only rider to ever win an outright moto in a motocross the nations on a uh, one twenty five two stroke. Mm-hmm. And there's just you know he's two two time yeah. champion and and you know he you know looking back at his situation it's like you know what this guy's probably deserves to be in there but you know it's hard for us to look at what like a guy like greg albertine you know two-time world champion ama champion you know comes to america you know he has never left really america married an american girl and he's 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 almost as much american you know as you could ask for and he's done a lot in our sport but you know some reason between those two guys being on the ballot they're just not generating the votes and and you know, Brock, so, Brock, you know, Dogger, Dogger, Dogger's got to yep. be ahead of both of those guys. I mean, well, come you, on. You look back, he's not, it's looking back at the history, and I don't have it all here before right. I was on the committee chairs, but Ronnie has been put, he's been nominated, trust me. Oh, the problem Jesus. I think that he ran into was, you know, some of the people are looking at, you know, and they go, of course, what they looked at. You know some of the stuff that happened and what he did. Oh, like off the track. Oh, so so that 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 matters. That stuff matters because yeah, absolutely. Ronnie has had at times he's a hundred percent back on track and working at Maxima, but there were some sketchy years for for Ronnie. Yeah. Well, you, you know, look I, at it and say I'm digging back, uh, Brock. Before uh, you know, I, I kind of handed over the reins to yeah. you, and uh, I, I I don't recall the first time Ron Lachine somebody actually submitted a uh, uh, nomination form for him, but I, I can tell you it was uh, it wasn't that. That, that 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 kept him off. I think you know you just have we we've had like an incredible uh, wealth of really talented guys uh, that have names that have come up, and and we have been good about getting those people in. And I I, I think I think with you, Steve, I think uh, uh, Ron Lachine certainly would be at the top of the list or near the top of the list. For, for our committee, and, and what, when, when we get together, I think we'll do that in February. Isn't that right, bro? Yeah, February? you guys will start arguing. Yeah, and, and we yeah. will, we'll, and believe me, we, we, we don't all agree on everything, and right. we'll argue it out and argue it out, but it's very much a democratic process in our committee sure. of people that I certainly respect, and and we will select them. And the other thing we're, we're getting better at, we're realizing that for this this the voters, we need to make sure the bios are really clear and well written that uh, that go on the ballot. Right, right. Because as you can imagine, those 260 that vote, uh, some of them are, um, forgive the expression, older than dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and and or that you know they don't have have the knowledge of of even the last 20 years. 
Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Brock, I, I get what you're saying, though, about... Uh, okay, there's maybe a bit of a bias towards motocross, supercross people from the other disciplines. And if you submit three to four to five candidates, everyone kind of goes, ah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to put a motocross guy in. They've been in a, like, so the one or two, just maybe even one candidate by the committee s selected. I get that. That's not a bad strategy to make sure, you know, you get a motocross, supercross guy in there. Gee, would so, you be loving for that, Steve? What's that? No, no, I, no, I, no, I don't mind that. Like, look, I, I love it. I will um, argue to the to the death that that Dogger is better than Lammy and better than Alby and better than everybody else. I will give you every fact you want. That, and that, but it's great that you guys all discuss this and everything else. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But well, but well, I like just the, to clarify uh, yeah. some old school stuff on this part of it. There was a time when our committee committees were large. And then about three years ago, they said, these things are all out of control. you got okay. too many. You get, can't have 15 or 20 people on these committees. Got them down to five. It's a much tighter process, no question about it right now. So it's, it is a certain thing. And there was some bias amongst some people of off-course antics. Um, okay. It's certainly in other Hall of Fames that, you know, you, you Steve, yeah, admit to, to being a fan of, yeah, and yeah. myself, too. I, you know, hey, when I'm at Unadilla, I, I drive over to Cooperstown. I mean, I'm a baseball guy, too. Yep. I mean, Pete, Pete Rose, can you – if Pete Rose wouldn't have gotten caught for gambling, he yeah. would have been in the Hall of Fame decades ago. But yeah. it's, it's, it is – it does kind of weigh on it. But all that stuff aside at this point, um, you know, Ronnie is, uh, you know, no question about it. I can't – you know, he's somebody that 
I think is uh, is certainly a highly qualified guy, and uh, you know, it's, oh, Brock, it's not, I mean, it's, you raced against. We don't him. we don't have anybody on our committee that are supposed to putting Ronnie on the ballot. Trust me, there was never and, a day, Brock. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you yeah. again. There was never a yeah. day <laughs> that Steve Lampson or Greg Alberton or anybody else, when they were on it, that they couldn't be beat. There was never a day that everyone was like, oh, Lammy's just unbelievable. Never wanted to be the Supercross. Love Lammy. Don't get me wrong. Love Lammy. Same with Albie. But, Glover, you know if Ronnie was on, yourself, RJ, Wardy, uh, Carlequist, Malherb, whoever you want to line up, they weren't beating Ronnie that day. Bale, anybody. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, Ronnie Ronnie was a little. I mean, he's a little bit younger than I am, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree. And so let let's be in, let's let's argue a, a Steve case here. A while ago, a couple of years ago, Scott Wallenberg, who you know well, yeah. publisher of Racer X Magazine and you know lifelong motocross guy, he was kind of debating, and I think with Davey too. It's like you know trying to put this argument. You know, it's hard to say how many wins a guy had is the only thing I can judge a guy back from. And and being biased from myself, I look back and say, okay, yeah, hey, there were nationals. I looked back. I started doing a little recent, more research during the off season this mm-hmm. year, and I realized there are national years, I, national championships that I rode. I rode six nationals for the whole championship, and one year it was seven, one year right. it was eight. It wasn't like the twelve. It wasn't the Supercross. Wasn't seventeen. I didn't ride thirty some races a year. Twenty nine official you know championship races a year i didn't and neither did almost anybody uh, some of the older guys that rode the 125 250s and 500 classes they rode all three nationals were able to accumulate that kind of numbers but i think you know because scott wallenberg knew that and davy knew that everybody's kind of like you know what maybe win percentages or something like that would sure. make more sense yeah. you know and, and like you said ronnie and his podium finishes it's an impressive number so scott wallenberg did most of this research and then he passed it on to me and so for a couple of years, I actually updated it every single week. But, you know, this, you know, the win percentage, and this is up until two, through the 2013 season. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I haven't done it in the last couple of years because yep. I do have a life outside <laughs> of this. But looking back, it was based on how many starts a rider did versus how many points they did. And I think Scott started only with the Nationals because in the beginning there really wasn't Supercross and he didn't want to eliminate the early guys and blah, blah, blah. So this is only the Nationals and you don't need to get hate mail or text, you know, whatever, Twitter. (laughs) It's tweets now. It's tweets now, Brock. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, this is Nationals only. And you look back at who had the highest points totals, like how many did they earn every time they threw their leg over Mm -hmm. a motorcycle on a National? And Ricky Carmichael, it's no surprise, you know, he had 127 National starts and the guy averaged (laughs) 45.7 points. Right. Clearly that clearly the highest guy. You know, it could Dungey could have creeped up this list a little bit or, you know, because of his recent success, you know. But you know, Villapoto in the end of two thousand thirteen, Villapoto was second with forty two. So he was three points behind Ricky and then and then Stewart was at forty point nine four, but he has now slipped back because yeah, you know, sure. I haven't done the research. Yeah, yeah. And and so the top 10 list or top 12 list of this points per thing. It was Carmichael, Villapoto, James Stewart, myself. I'm actually fourth, which surprised the holy crud out of me. Mm-hmm. And Rick Johnson was a little bit behind me. Dungey, Barnett, Ward, Lachine, Hannah, Stanton, Reed. Lachine. I had so, a Hannah. I had uh, a yeah, Hannah, Ronnie was, Ronnie was ninth ahead of Hannah, ahead of Stanton, ahead of Chad Reed. So, uh, you know, I mean, looking at who, who above Ron, the Ronnie's name is in the Hall of Fame. Well, Jeff Ward is, of course, Mark mm-hmm. Barnett is you know dungy's gonna go in first ballot mm-hmm. rick johnson's in i'm in stewart will go in as soon as he's been retired five years villapoto same and carmichael's already in so yeah ronnie lachine of the top 12 guys and Knight reed is still active but yeah yeah he i mean so looking at this list and going like this and being a chairman of a committee i look at this list and say wow it's, yeah, know, it's hard to argue with Steve Mathis. Well, and two two US two US, two USGP wins, two motocross the nations wins, um, yep. you know everything else. Uh, Tom, do you think though, when you talk about Ronnie, it's only six years, nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty nine, when he broke his femur. I mean, he raced after that, but he wasn't you know doing the whole series privateer this and that. He did the five hundred nationals for tough one year, but basically, Tom, six years only. Does that hurt him a little bit? Uh, I think. 
it possibly does. I want to I want to roll back, Steve, a little bit to the way the process worked, uh, though that uh, with the committees and, mm-hmm. and and I think we made some huge gains in it. But I could be accused when I took over the motocross committee of stuff in the ballot box. <laughs> and here's how I did it. Okay. Uh, my committee became the biggest committee. Oh. I had 16 people on my committee. And, I mean, I reached out. I, I went to, to, I thought, the most influential, the most knowledgeable, uh, a lot of media people, racer people, I mean, and, and, and brought those onto my committee because I thought, A, it would obviously... I wanted to have the smartest people to help make the decision, and I'll, and I I thought they also because they weren't just motocross supercross they would help you know make the best possible decisions on what racing uh, disciplines would get in, mm-hmm. and and, 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 and and realistically that that really wasn't the right way to do it. Uh, we had some success. We got you know we got a bunch of people in, in the motocross, and everyone that got in deserves it. But the way it got tightened up, especially I think Brock's taken over and the committees now. They've really in the AMA give Jeff Massey and Rob Dingman. I get a lot mm-hmm. of them credit for really taking the process and saying, hey, we want you know we want to to really uh, make it. Where it's yeah. most fair for the disciplines, because trust me, these uh, these committee members and these other disciplines and the people that follow those activities, they feel as strongly as we do. Yeah, about, about their guys, right. their people sure. getting in. So I, I well, after hearing you guys lay it out, uh, I mean, I can't be mad at it. <laughs> it's it sounds pretty democratic. It sounds pretty good discussion. It sounds, you know, like like I would want it to go as, as a as a as a fan as a you know as a guy who loves the sport. I can't can't be mad at the process. It all sounds good. I just want to get Ronnie in, um, <laughs> which again, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, and this is a sensitive subject, I, maybe. And so, I'm not going to name any names. I'll go with you, Brock. There's guys in there that I feel you know don't come close to Ronnie. Don't don't really um, even. I don't want to say don't belong in there, but whatever. They didn't have a great careers, but they're in there. Do comparisons work in that sense? Do we? Do we go back and go, hey, this guy's in, so that guy goes in, or is it once you're in, you're in, and we're not gonna, you know, we're not going to uh, compare this guy versus this guy because I get th- this is going to lowering the bar because if some of those guys, if you compare some people that aren't in to not even including Rog Ronnie, which I feel is a slam dunk and Lammy's a slam dunk, but does that come into play at all in your committees in your discussions? Uh, of, of course it does, and that's why there were so many changes. Uh, you know, as this thing progressed. I mean, it was a brilliant idea uh, that was long overdue, and the people who started this all started it on, you know, as a volunteer situation, Mm -hmm. and you have to absolutely give them thanks and props for doing what they did. Was it perfect? Of course it wasn't, but sometimes you got to just take that step of of the journey. You have to make the first step happen, and you have to give the people credit that started this because they took the first 50 or 100 steps. So, uh, you know, know, and as the process went down the pathway, you know, it it didn't go perfectly in a straight line. It did wobble and wander around a little bit, but it got – pretty darn tight right now and as tom mentioned you know the committee pitch you know it went from 16 to 5 there's no more everybody has to be at five they gave it about two years and say in two years time everybody has to be down to five people on your committees you can have one advisory position but they don't get to vote and, and it's just the process got really clean and tight and you know even as somebody who went in uh, the Hall of Fame early, and I look back, and there's uh, the one year, one of the years that you know they just seem to be throwing stuff at the wall. To be honest with you, and I look back, and you know there were a few people that went in the motocross category a, one year before I did, and I look back, and of course I look at it and say, you know, even trying to be as subjective as possible, which is almost. You know, it's a little hard yeah. yourself you're talking about, but to think that a couple of those guys went in before I did and they've won no championships and they've only won like, you know, eight or ten races. And, and you know, I look back and go, you know, I had 40-something national wins and, and you know, trans-USA titles, which were you had, huge. You had, actually had, you had 50 and, actual major wins. Yeah, and GP, <laughs> GP wins, and I won GPs and races in all different sizes and disciplines. And then see somebody else that went in there a year before me because somebody, you know, how did that vote happen and so yeah. you know of yeah. course but that's also far water under the bridge okay happened, yeah, yeah you know right. 15 18 19 years ago it's 
the process right now too. I just want to for you to understand it, and I wanted the you know your listeners to understand it. Mm-hmm. I wanted Tom because he was a committee chair, and not only a committee chair. I mean, this guy's devoted millions of dollars to our sport. Mm-hmm. He's he's put himself on the line. He's been on AMA boards. He's been on the Hall of Fame board. He's donated massive amounts of time and money to help our sport. And he was the committee chair prior to me, and I'm honored to have him on our committee. Sure, and, yeah. and and so we are all trying to do the very, very best we job we can. And trust me, and in your case, for you to, you know, Ronnie and I grew up in the hometown. I was his guy he was supposed to look up to when he turned 16 and signed on to Yamaha. And, and he's to this day still a friend of mine. So, yeah. you know, it's there's no bias against him at all and i'm just you know unfortunately when it comes down to it we can put him forward on the ballot but i'm one vote and 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 i think with when people do what you're doing and when you get the thing out there other people that have voting rights you know might hear your podcast and might say you know what ronnie is overdue and they might cast a vote for him Go ahead, I'd, I'd just like to pipe in here, if I could, there. Uh, question number one for you, Steve. Have you been to one of the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies? No. Okay. <laughs> and I, and, well, and I, actually, I'm, I'm sure you're going to come when, when, when Ronnie gets uh, in and when uh, his time comes. I'm sure I'm you're there. Gonna, but I, I wanted to just kind of – when I, the, first, uh, the, the first time I attended one of the AMA Hall of Fame inductions, it was in a tent uh, out there basically in, uh, in the you – know, the, the, I want to think the 80-some-acre grounds of the AMA. So okay. One of the most beautiful places yep. on the planet, by the way, back there. And they had a tent out there. And the reason I went is they – Edison Diet actually been inducted, I think, in, in 99, but he didn't go receive the me- medal, and then when I kind of found him and brought him out to the vet race and honored him with the Lifetime Achievement Award, yeah. he asked me if I would come back to to the AMA for the Hall of Fame inductions and get up and speak for him, because he had had a stroke and couldn't speak well, and and it was, it was a nice process. I mean, it was a nice ceremony, mm-hmm. but compared to what the program, the show we do right now with Perry King as the MC, and I think uh, uh, Lorette Nickel came in and helped with that this last year. I didn't, oh, cool. I didn't. This is the only one I didn't attend, but it is unbelievable the job they do. Now, going back to when you look at a Hall of Fame, and, and we'll all agree on this, I think a lot of times you look as much at the Hall of Fame as who isn't in as some who are in, and, and, and yeah. certainly we do that. Yep. I, mean, I, I, I and and I you know I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I was the, I was irate, Tom, when I was going through the Hall of Fame. I mean, I get it if you don't if Ronnie's not in. Okay, all right, six year career uh, had some off track stuff. Okay, but then I, I was looking at guys that are in, and I'm like, wait a minute, here we go, yeah. like doggers, doggers, this guy, this guy. And so that's all. That's that's where I really. Well, no, and it gets real emotional for me too, because <laughs> I mean, I just I just uh, you know I love the activity so much, and I just think to me the ultimate thing to me and and uh, to reward somebody's uh contribution to our activity mm-hmm. is to be inducted in the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Um, I know for me under yeah. ambassadors in industry it was it was the coolest most life-changing thing that ever ever happened and as, to me I just want to make it so the people that are uh, and that's what we do work to make it to where the people that are in they realize they're really a part of something way bigger than than any of us. Um, Let me ask you this, Brock. It it is the AMA Hall of Fame, American Motorcycle Association Hall of Fame. Um, You brought up Albie earlier. You brought up Bobby Moore, who made it in. Um, Greg Albertson from South Africa won his world titles. Uh, You know, came over here to, I think I kind of see where you're going with this. Won one national title, one supercross, probably about uh, six national wins in his career. Um, So, you're, I, I'm guessing, Brock, by the way, you kind of said it, like, it is the American Hall of Fame, but your accomplishments in Europe do count, even if you've sort of, you know, integrated, I'm sure Albie's probably American citizen at this point, um, so you're okay with all that, in your mind? Well, yeah, I understand, I mean, but with Albertine's situation, it's obviously hasn't helped him, because he <laughs> is not, in, right, not okay. receiving the vote. Sure. But the answer to the question is, yeah, this, of course this has been debated. You get a yeah, group of guys yeah. in the room. It's always been debated. It's not just in the motorcycle, motorcross side, but everywhere debates mm-hmm. this. But, you know, you know I, it's the contribution to the sport of motocross in the United States, no question about it. I, you know, there's a few European riders that came over here in the early years. 
came over here and competed in races. And you say, oh, well, they were, you know, hey, they just came over a few times and left here. Yeah, but you know what? They also came over here and showed the Americans, like, this is the level that got you, you know, this is what you have sure. to be at to be one of the world's best. Yep. You know, I got the fortune of growing up in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, when I went to a local race and Marty Smith was there and stuff, that's how fast I thought people had to go to be any good at this sport. <laughs> well, guess what? I didn't realize that Marty Smith was one of the very best guys in the entire world. Right. And, and, and that led to myself. It led to Rick Johnson's, the Ron Lachines. Hey, when you look back at who raced the local little Barona Oaks racetrack outside of San Diego, my God, the guys all became multi-time national champions, Hall yeah. of Famers, and the whole deal. And they, that just became, well, that's how fast you had to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so it does raise the bar. And so those people that came from Europe in the early years, some of them were inducted. But it was before I was ever involved in the Hall of Fame process or any of that stuff. So I never had any part in those conversations. Yep, yep. But I just know how it is today and how it's been for the last 10 years or so when Tom was heavily involved and I've been on his committee and now he, again, we're, we work um, together now. So Let me ask you both this question uh, and we'll wrap it up here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Tom, I'll start with you. Like how heated does it get in that you know, when you, especially when you maybe had 15 guys or or in the five man committee, I mean, how how heated does it get over 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 these these riders? I, I got to think our meetings are probably one of the uh, one of the most uh, gratifying, fun, uh, you know, conversations uh-huh. you can have. Okay, because we're talking. I'm talking with people that I absolutely respect so much. They have so much history and knowledge. So, uh, you know, we, we don't all agree, mm-hmm. but we get our points out, and I think, uh, and, and, you know, we, but at the end of it, you know, I, I don't think anybody goes away wounded. We feel really, really good about the decision we make. Now, now when the ballots come out and we didn't get our guy, yeah. we don't always feel so good about it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but, I'm, but as, as far as our group, and, and Brock just does a tremendous job. And I don't know where he finds the energy because he's got a real job to do. <laughs> uh, but he does a tremendous job of, of our group together. And is, as you can see, anybody, Brock is so passionate about our, our discipline, motocross and supercross. So, Brock is... It's five guys. You're the chairman. Uh, You're the deciding vote, I guess, sometimes, right? You know, I never have had to go down that way. Okay. Thanks, All right. thanks Tom, for uh, you, you very well said, except for that I do a tremendous job. I think that's probably <laughs> overstating it. Tom was a great uh, mentor to me. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, very passionate about the sport. I'm very passionate about the sport being accurately portrayed and voted, you know, the right people being, you know, in there. And that's, and, and again, you know, I, 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 I'm not banging on how the old process was. It just was what it was. And I give full props to the people that got it to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting really darn hard to get in. It's hard to get in our Hall of Fame now. It used to be a little easier. Now yeah. it's. It's really getting very difficult, and we have great talks and discussions. I mean, it's just like what you do on these podcasts every week. You sit around with guys that you really like and respect, yep. and you get to talk about what you love. I mean, it's not—it's you know—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's it's truly an honor, but it's a dream honor, you know, to be to be involved in this process, and, and we all take it uh, very seriously. We all have, you know, somewhat, yep. you know, not—we rarely really get into a. De- you know, there's debates on statistics, but we all go back and do our homework and, and come up with statistics and things like we talked about earlier. It's it's we try to make it on you know not just a popularity contest mm-hmm. and, and more of a factual thing. And and I think you know I'm not saying Ronnie's been an oversight. Trust me, um, but you know I think there's been a few things that are, he, he's been a he's been a good case study. But uh, I think in his what he's done on a motorcycle is uh, is uh, I think it's Hall of Fame worthy. I, I have to personally from my own side, I think it is. So. Uh, Twenty six races, as I mentioned, uh, nineteen eighty five World Championship, two USGP wins, two motocross the nations win. He went two one one and one twenty five and eighty five and eighty eight. He went one one and five hundreds. Although Lush, RJ's very adamant about how he gave Ronnie the the, the, the front row, but anyways, <laughs> uh, seventeen. But you know what? Those what? team, those things did happen in the motocross nations. I mean, they really yeah, did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I know for sure in the second moto at the Trophy of the Nations in Czechoslovakia, I'm sitting there following Mark Barnett. You know, Eric Gabor's who DNF the first moto is out ahead, and and I look behind me and I got 
Wardy and, Bar- and Bailey behind me. We're running two, three, four, five. The last thing in the world you're going to do is take it's, each other yeah, out trying to, to pass each other. Yeah. You just ride around, finish the moto, and go, we killed those guys today. We're on top of the podium, and the national yeah. anthem's being played. So, so you know, you know, Ronnie, his motocross and Asians, trophy nations, his, his, his results speak. Those uh, are all, all the same. 158 yep. races, made the podium in 80 of them. He finished top three in the points 10 times out of the 18 series he competed in full-time. There we go, folks. It's got to make it. Got to make it in. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on this bandwagon. It's, it's got to happen. Lammy's good, though. I like Lammy. You know what, though? I guess, Tom, maybe I should just worry about getting a motocross or supercross guy in there at all. Never mind Dogger, the way it's been going. These guys are shutting us out, the voters. Well, I hope you don't have to worry about that too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very hopeful this year very hopeful i hope so so we're well, february well, Steve, are we going to get you to one of these hall of fame you know this is something that believe me when you're talking about heated debates this is something that i've heated debate i loved it when it was in las vegas yep. on the weekend of the on the weekend of the monster energy monster cup, cup race. Yeah, yeah. if they're going to move it and they're not going to have it during a weekend of a motocross race and somewhere else like they've done don't put it on a weekend that all of my world, and meaning the motocross and supercross world, all yeah. have to work that weekend like they've done in the past. In so the I, aim, think yeah. we're gonna, I think it's going to see it move and drift towards Ohio where it should be. It okay. should be, like Tom said, at the AMA Hall of Fame. Sure. It should be at the AMA headquarters where it was yesteryear, but it needs to be with the production level like it's been the last few years where it's absolutely a wonderful event to go to and you just feel so good when you leave it. But, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be in a parking lot under an easy up. It was like when I was inducted, but it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to, be to where all of us that are passionate, including you, Steve Mathis, including you, can't make it because we're all working that week. Yeah, absolutely. No, it'd I, be great. Well, um, thanks, gentlemen, both of you. Thank you for outlining the procedures and the policies. And it's so funny that I knew none of this. I just went on the website, submitted a form, and I talked to Coombs about it. And then Brock, uh, Tom, you, I talked to you. Then Brock, you called me, and I'm like, wait, I, these are people I know. I didn't know any. I didn't know. I know you guys. And I didn't know anything about you guys. Three people that I know well are determining this thing. I just, so uh, I think that's awesome. Um, so thank you for laying this whole thing out and how it works and everything else. And so your get together. So we're looking at February is the committee meeting ish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. when do we? And what are the what are the time frames from there? Well, we just so you know, we already had our first. We were the very first committee to get all of our confidentiality agreements turned in. Our annual ones that we have to sign annually it turned in on time. We were the very first committee to have our first initial. Okay. meeting and then we'll have our other one here in the early mid part of february and then once we have we put forth our selections to go on the ballot then at that process i think you know you're calling me out on this and oh. i'm sorry i can't give you the exact date i just know we have to have our stuff turned in by mid-february okay. so that's my focus all right and then once the ballots go out they all go you receive them electronically via email and then you turn them in and then a third party accounting firm actually I want to say That's they announce them around September, October. Yeah. They announce them. Yeah, I think. Yep, and they usually. Yeah. Yep, and they've in the past they've announced like one at a time, just okay. to kind of bring it out slowly, so each person. They, does they've it. actually they announced them a little bit earlier than that. Guy. Did they? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 They, uh, um, they, uh, I know the uh, the in 2014 the because uh, I remember because. My, I know you know when your own announcement comes out, but but I was up at the Mammoth Motocross, so that was oh okay, all right, so yeah, June, so, end of June. All right, everybody, so we're gonna cross our fingers and we're hoping that you five people. I'm hoping you five guys do the right thing, get Dogger in there, Lammy can wait, and 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 everyone else can wait. Let's get Dogger in there. Let's hope it. Let's let's make it happen, and uh, then we'll cross our fingers and hope everybody votes. But Tom White, Brock Glover, thank you guys, man. It's really informative. Thanks, I appreciate it. Okay. And uh, our pleasure. And uh, I, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in, in, in those uh, committee things because I, I'm actually I might get very angry. But um, let's go. Let's hope for Dogger. I'm on Dogger's side. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. All right, thanks. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go.